0: Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome back. In this episode, Casey Chauvin and John Gates join us for a wide-ranging discussion, including plein air painting and art instruction, with a spotlight on Yosemite Conservancy's art programs. I love learning about their colorful and creative careers, and joy with which they share and encourage others to create. As John puts it, we're not just creating art, we're creating community. I'm Kyle Elliott, and you're listening
1: to The Curious Kirby Podcast. Come inside, yeah, I got a sweet suspicion.
0: Hi, I'm Kirby. Welcome to Curious Kirby Podcast. Today, we are here with John Gates and Casey Chevron, and we're going to talk to them about their art and some of their experiences in teaching and their special programs that they're doing. First of all, John, tell us about you and your art.
1: Thank you, Kirby and Kyle. It's a pleasure and honor to be here on this podcast, and certainly share it with the uh, renowned and esteemed Casey Chevron, who I love her work. Uh, So very pleased to be here. As you said, my work is John Gates Art and uh, johngatesart.com, John Gates Art on Instagram, on Facebook, on some other social media platforms or where you can find it now. But it started a long time ago. My parents put me in art lessons when I was a small child and that grew from pastels and oils as a child to taking extra art classes in high school and then studying art in college and getting an education degree, teaching high school art and Spanish before going into the Air Force for a career and moving into government and doing some completely different things, dabbling in art along the way but it's only been in the last couple of years that I've been able to go full-time as John Gates Art, LLC. And very excited to do this. Much of it is due to the encouragement and mentorship and sometimes poking and goading when I'm too lazy by Kirby pluses. Mm-hmm. And that has led to me being a member in the Sonoran Arts League, to having a solo show in Phoenix last year at Exposed gallery and studio and to having some art in Tucson. And now I'm working on moving into some wineries in the area in Southern Arizona and into some other venues around here. And I'm just very happy to be back home in Tucson and to be in this environment, the desert, the mountains, this whole area, as well as the artists that Kirby has introduced me to inspire me and make me want to paint.
0: So tell us about your paintings. What are are your big, your common subjects in your uh, medium?
1: I started off with pastel and oils, but then moved into mosaics and watercolor. And that was my degree. So my work has morphed and grown and evolved over time that even though I primarily work with watercolor and sometimes with acrylic, that it looks like stained glass or mosaic. And this is a metaphor for being put back together after brokenness, after loss, and to my total joy and and, uh, contentment with this, it it seems to resonate a lot. We are in some hard times. There are uh, soldiers that come back from conflict with battered bodies, battered minds. There are LGBT and others that have contemplated suicide or there are families that have experienced this or simply loss of a loved one or the stresses in society. And if you can see my art and get the idea that these are pieces of color, like pieces of glass and pieces of clay that are put back together to be something whole and beautiful, that we can do that with our own lives. And that is, it's working well for me and it seems to resonate with some others. I think it's safe for me to say now that a competition Kirby encouraged me to enter into for a wine label has two of my pieces as finalists. And both of those pieces look like stained glass to the point where the judges thought that they were photographs of stained glass. So I'm very pleased that my style is unique and is finding purchase.
0: I know one of the things you've mentioned in the past to me is that you find a lot of therapy in art. Can you kind of tell us about that?
1: It's tiring. It's work and it's labor and it's also joy and excitement and connection with others. I do hope at some point that I'll be able to volunteer and help support someone who's a certified art therapist. Just when I do an informal paint and sip on in person or over Zoom. A number of the people that say, oh, I have no creativity. I, I can't do this. Maybe take a sip of wine, if that's appropriate for you, or otherwise, iced tea. Relax. This is a non-judgmental place. This is art. This is by nature, we are creators. We are all creatives and we are all creators. It's just a matter of how much we will allow ourselves to believe that and to act upon it. And so with some encouragement and the right environment, a lot of people find that art is therapeutic and it's helpful and does not take the place of medicine or formal therapy, but it can certainly enhance somebody's life. Casey,
0: can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your art?
2: So I live in the Rio Verde foothills of far northeast Scottsdale. We're in the foothills area, so I have a big old house on dirt, in the middle of the desert. We're on a dirt road. It's about 40 minutes to, um, well, anywhere really, the freeway, grocery store, <laughs> just about any place. So uh, and there's a 20 acre ranch behind me, Four Peaks. You know, we're kind of out here. We also have, I wish I could show you, we have spectacular views of Mustang Mountain, Four Peaks, Weaver's Needle, Bartlett Dam. We're kind of out in nature and that's the way I like it. Uh, my bio says that my favorite shoes are hiking boots and uh, that's still true. I grew up in Ohio. I'm a Midwestern girl, and my dad was a big outdoorsman, hunting, fishing. Uh, He was a bow and arrow marksman, really, really good at that hunted grizzly bear, if you can imagine, with a bow and arrow. Really a a very strong outdoor presence there in my life. And some of my favorite memories are being out in the woods with my dad, even just tromping around the metro forest. Uh, Cleveland has a huge, huge internal park system in the city, trails and all kinds of places to sit and picnic. You can fish. Great place to grow up. I moved to California for the Wonder Bread years when I was about 12 and grew up there uh, inland. I was in Thousand Oaks and Fresno. um, So I spent a fair bit of time in the Sierras. I spent time in Kings Canyon and Yosemite. I have spent, I don't know how many days, weeks, you know, months of my life there, mostly in the high country, not so much in the valley. The valley is beautiful, but it's, um, it's, it's much more crowded. So I would spend more time up, you know, leaving from the Tuolumne area and then going up and out from there and backpacking for, you know, a week, couple of weeks at a time. I introduced my husband to backpacking. He took to it like a duck to water. Thank goodness. So I'm hoping to do a little bit more of that when I, when I get out there. This year. So, all of these things, you know, my, my early childhood, my, my backpacking, my hiking, um, all of that has contributed to make me a pretty ardent environmentalist, I'm concerned for our wild places and the creatures that call them home, concerned for um, the species that are being eradicated from the planet. You know, I worry about all those things. Um, I also have concern, you know, on a more immediate basis, just down at the Salt River, which is just a couple of miles from my house. You go down there on a weekend, and you see trash all over the place. And so, part of the work, I think, of of my work, is to try to instill some connection. I want people to feel some connection with the environment, with the landscape, with with the desert, with the land. If I can establish that for someone, even for just a few minutes and make them feel like that's a place that, that they would like to see or would like to be in, then, you know, maybe they'll think twice the next time they go out someplace and, you know, think about throwing a candy wrapper or a cigarette, God forbid, out the window. So that's, that's part of what I think of as my mission. I want to create a, a link between my collector, my viewer and, and the environment and the outdoors. I wanna foster that spiritual relationship that I personally feel. Um, And I want to somehow bring my appreciation of that into my work. So I paint primarily landscape, some wildlife, mostly birds, and generally it's the Southwest, the Sonoran Southwest. Arizona and surrounding areas in California, where I grew up, are all places that I like to get on canvas. The sizes are generally small, the style is impressionist realism. Sometimes I work with palette knife. My paintings are usually fairly colorful. I try to bring in the light and create the play between the warm and cool that you see so often in the desert. You think of the desert as a really warm place, but There are really cool colors in the desert as well. And a lot of people think of it as uh, kind of stark and barren. But I think of it as a place that's just incredibly beautiful. And it may take a moment or two to see it. But once you see it, you cannot unsee it. When I first came out here and drove through my first saguaro forest, although I'd never seen it before, it was like something had just plucked it at my at my, the core of my being, I just felt like I was coming home. That was, I don't know, 35 years ago. I've been here ever since. I'll never leave.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Were you painting already?
2: Were you already paint an artist before you moved here? Oh, gosh, I've done so many things. Um, <laughs> I have always been a creative. I My first formal show was at three. Uh, I actually created a, a mural. Unfortunately, it was knee-high, and it was... In red nail polish on the wall of the living room, the critics were not impressed. It was not well received. Yeah, no, it was not good. Um, I kind of got in trouble for that one. But I've always had, you know, a, a pen or a pencil or a brush or a crayon or something in my hand. I can't remember a time, even, you know, even as a kid, when I wasn't, you know, sketching or doodling or doing something. I was a line artist for many years. I worked in pen and ink. I just recently took those off my website. I'm, I'm about to create a page just for my line drawings, which has uh, kind of matured over the years. They've both simplified and become a little more abstract. So those will be going up again soon. Uh, although I took every art class I could get my hands on as a kid, I dove into pottery for a while. I became a functional potter. After pottery, I ended up going into graduate school. I was a student clinician at the University of Utah for a number of years. I went into uh, corporate work. And when I was working in corporate America, I actually became a dancer for a while. Tell you I've done a lot of things. I was on the uh, West Coast Swing Dance Circuit for you know, maybe 15, 20 years, somewhere around there. And uh, you know, trophies and, and all that, you know, which was fun. You know, it's encouraging to walk onto a dance floor and have 300 of your closest friends clapping for you. You know, that's, that was nice. Not as satisfying over the long term as making something a little more lasting. Although I enjoyed it, I had a lot of fun doing it. um, I wasn't really all that heartbroken to bid farewell to the dance community, which in many ways can be kind of a dysfunctional place. Lots Lots of egos and prima donnas in that arena, as I'm sure you can imagine. So um, there are most, none
0: in the Arctic world.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're everywhere, right? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so once I once I left corporate America and uh, had a little more time on my hands, I was able to kind of dive back into my ceramics. Started a little bit of sculpting. I'll I'll be diving into more of that now that I'm slowly getting uh, more mobile. Started painting, you know, pretty hot and heavy. About I don't know eight or ten years ago, something like that. And have worked in a variety of media like John, but ended up in oils. And I think I'm I think I'm there to stay. It's pretty much my medium of choice at this point. I mean, I admire anyone who can manage watercolor and do it with a plum. I think it's gorgeous. It's also a really difficult medium. And I like something that's a little bit more forgiving.
1: So a number of our projects that all three of us are in are promoting one thing or another that is a, a charitable endeavor and a very mm-hmm.
0: honorable thing. So we'll talk about those again in a little bit, but Casey, Good. tell us your topics now. So I, and I know that you do landscapes, but you do a little bit more than that as
2: well. I've always been fascinated by the skies here in Arizona. I was a hang glider pilot for a number of years. They do say, you know, once you've flown, you walk with your eyes ever afterward, turned skyward. And I guess there's something to that. I do pay more attention to the sky than most people. In fact, a friend of mine um, sent me another artist sent me a bumper sticker for my car that says, I break for interesting cloud formations.
0: Getting <laughs> for you, definitely.
2: Some truth to that, yep. Okay. yep. My husband says, I definitely need to get that on the car.
0: Some of your paintings are, are spectacular clouds, and there is no land to the painting. It's just the cloud.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. one of my favorites, actually, uh, called Desert Skies. Mm-hmm. I think that took uh, second place or third in Desert Foothills Land Trust Show just before the pandemic. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of fun. I do love that piece and I love painting clouds. I mean, once you kind of get the hang of the structure, you can make them do anything. You know, it's, it's not like, I mean, everybody knows what an apple or a teapot or a person, God forbid, is supposed to look like, The clouds can look like anything. John also paints quite a bit of
0: clouds.
1: I love that and agree with you that Arizona and uh, Western U.S. clouds are just stunning. I do see cloud formations over the mountains or at a sunset sometimes. And I think it is so wild that if I tried to paint that, someone would say, oh, that's abstract. People wouldn't and believe it. No, that's what I really saw. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about all the things in your life.
0: Another theme in your paintings is the corvids, the crows.
2: Yeah. One of the things that we used to do on our backpacking trips in Yosemite, I used to go with a group that did a, a sort of journey, you know, kind of a spiritual thing, very loosely based on, you know, Native American vision quest, you know, all due respect and apologies for whatever cultural appropriation might have taken place. I think every culture has some sort of retreat, you know, attempt to connect with the spiritual with the divine, you know, an internal examination and a separation from the daily routine from society. And one of the things we would do is we would go out separate by ourselves for a couple of days and nights and fast, and then we would rejoin the group a little bit later. And we did this in Yosemite. And they Native Americans talk about having spirit animals or totem animals, and they're a little bit different, and I won't get into that because, you know, really... Isn't my culture, and I have a lot of respect for it. So I can tell you that you know, ravens kind of follow me around, and I seem to find them wherever I am. Yeah, so those animals uh, definitely are ones that I that I admire, and I really enjoy painting them and, and sculpting them. I have a Raven sculpture in my garage studio right now that uh, hopefully one of these days will be finished. It's been on the bench for a while. Some years ago, um, I did a five-person show at the Holland Center up in Carefree Cave Creek, and my theme was counting crows, and I did seven fairly large paintings, one for sorrow, two for mirth, and, and so forth. They've been an inspiration for me for a long time. So you mentioned Yosemite. What is the program? Sure. It's sort of a outdoor paint and sip. I guess you could almost call it. I mean, there's no alcohol or anything like that provided, but it's open to the public. So people of any or no skill level are welcome to join. They purchase materials through the store at Yosemite, and then they join an instructor who takes them out for a couple of hours. And they paint. You're going to be outside, but there are no constraints about what, I mean, if they want to paint each other or paint a photograph that they bring with them, uh, you know, whatever, you're going to be in Yosemite and probably in in Cook's Meadow, I think, is where most of the painting is going to take place, which has spectacular views, you know, in every direction. But there are no constraints about what you can or can't paint. Um, Some people might do it just to be outdoors and painting and, you know, have a fun thing to do with the husband or wife or kids or friends or whatever. So, And you've done this already in the past. I worked for a company called Vino and Canvas for five or six years. But then you looked at
0: the Yosemite, did this at Yosemite as well
2: already. Nope. This will be my first time with this particular program. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I've done something very, Similar before. So you worked at a
0: patent set company,
2: and John, you host your
0: own patent sets with your friends.
1: That's correct, but I've never done this plein air. That would be interesting, especially watercolor. And so I'll be really happy to take any uh, advice or tips that Casey may provide because it's one thing to hike into a place carrying all your supplies, set up an easel, and then work. But with watercolor, I generally don't work at much of an angle because I don't want it to drip. Wind, sun... Other environmental factors that will affect watercolor somewhat more than certainly oil or even acrylic, how to help beginners all the way through advanced, anyone, as Casey said, that could be of very varying uh, skill levels, how they can have an enjoyable time. The whole point of this is to raise awareness for Yosemite and the conservancy and environmentalism and help people enjoy the outdoors and to want to come back. Those are the things that are in my mind as we do this, as well as, as Casey said, we uh, we will pack out all that we pack in, including even the dirty water. That's the plan.
0: Casey, you are an accomplished plein air painter. In fact, you've been in a number of competitions, even in the last couple of years. <laughs> so this is no problem for you,
2: right? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't paint outdoors with watercolor, although I probably should do some of that before I go. <clears throat> I think John is a, is a great watercolorist, and I'm an okay watercolorist. Oils are my, my chosen medium. I'm going to bring both, and my plan is to take the watercolor out with people and then paint on my own time with my regular rig.
1: Especially because of my Air Force time, everything's a checklist, and I still get my <laughs> checklist. So I want to uh, go out to Sawaro National Park East, 15, 20 minutes away from me, set up there and see how that feels and practice this multiple times. It's a hike getting from here to uh, Yosemite, but I do have the time and opportunity. So I hope to go and observe at least once uh, while someone else is doing the class so I can see someone else's style, how someone carries through with this and interacts with the the, uh, students are you in tucson yes yeah
2: Yeah. that's what i thought maybe we could meet halfway somewhere so between tucson
0: and phoenix get off of i-10 go north that's
1: true and i do want to make entree into several national park here it may be a more permanent opportunity i would love to work at zion i would love to work more at yosemite but this is also 20 minutes away
2: yeah that's nice
1: just the potentials that are coming out of this. I really am grateful. Thank you for introducing me to this opportunity, Casey. I'm very excited.
2: Oh, I knew you'd be a good fit. So uh, John, do you know about Paint the Parks?
1: I've been looking at that.
2: It's kind of an ongoing virtual show slash relationship between artists and the national parks. So individual artists are going out and they're painting the parks and then they're posting these paintings on their websites and through their own social media tagging the parks and then tagging the paint the parks site so that people know that a portion of the proceeds will go to benefit those organizations. It's a worthy cause. A lot of the parks, I think, I hope are going to be having uh, AIR opportunities coming up over the next couple of years. That's artists in residence. That is something, John, you talked about working at a park, being on your bucket list and AIR opportunity has been on my bucket list for a long time. That's definitely something that I'm going to be... Looking into as well over the next couple of years. I have a few in mind, um, but it, you know, it costs money to apply to these things. I don't begrudge it because I know it's going to a good cause. I kind of have to uh, just be mindful, you know, every show that you enter, every opportunity that you apply to, you know, it's you're kind of forking out the dough. Happy to do it, but want to be sure to do it in the right place and at the right time. Both
0: of you have kind of uh, coinciding goals. So it's kind of interesting we have you both on today and that you're both working together at Usamity. Maybe that's something that you you guys can keep working together to help achieve these similar goals that you have.
2: I, I kind of see the two of us in a lighthouse at some point. That's, <laughs> okay.
1: Kyle's wife, Megan, and I used to team teach a okay. class um, and um, intelligence and research class years ago. And those were some of the highlights of my career. I loved it because I would get very excited and go down a rabbit hole. And she was very organized and would go me back to the even <laughs> the time limit. It was like she was taking an excited St. Bernard for a walk through the park. And, I the and it would yank her over this way and then, no, 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 let's go back to the path. So we still had fun with the squirrels, but we got a job. <laughs> so, I so think are you
0: saying that you, that you could be, yeah, you could be an excited artistic St. Bernard that, was, that Casey could yank back onto the path
1: back. back on track. You think I
0: could do that? <laughs> you can,
1: when I see different of these opportunities online, they differ between budgets, between different visions and goals of each park. Like you may see dry tortugas or something in Hawaii or Zion National, but I'm not seeing the ones in Colorado. Or mm-hmm. somewhere else that's very meaningful to me. Different years, different budgets, and visions change, so I'm I'm keeping an eye on that.
0: I would do more than keep an eye on it. I would reach out to them, because in that way, then also they can, when they do think of creating these projects, they know that you are interested, and they may reach out back to you.
2: There's there's a process for that. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a you know there's a protocol and a procedure, and you know applications and forms and so forth. So, um, there there are ways to apply. Even prior to COVID, a number of the parks shut down their their ARRs because they just didn't have funding. The last few years, uh, funding for that sort of thing really was kind of taken out of the budget. Um, We're hoping that it's going to slowly come back and that uh, eventually the arts and humanities will again become more important, not only for the parks, but in the school curricula. And that we'll begin to, you know, once again, start educating the public on art and cool things like that, because honestly, you know, you think it's not important until you don't have it in your life. So we
0: were talking about, you know, teaching before. So do you guys want to talk about any of the other things that you're doing as far as teaching wise? Casey, is it true that you're possibly going to do some teaching for the Samaritan Rice League?
2: I actually volunteered for the veterans program. I'll, I'll be in Hidden in the Hills this year and I was just juried into the league. So that's, that's kind of cool. And because I'm in Hidden in the Hills, I need to donate some hours. So all the volunteer opportunities were full. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good for them. And it looked like the only thing that was open with, that was left was, was teaching, which would honestly probably have been my first choice anyway. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I signed up for that. My understanding is that a lot of the classes have been more, you know, kind of craft oriented versus fine art oriented. There's a variety for the for the veterans program. So first
0: of all, the Sonora arts veterans program, it, any vet can go and do it. And any of the you know, people of the community that Sonoran arts members, you do need volunteer hours for some of the shows, that sort of thing, but you can do it even without that. They have had both. They've had fusing glass classes for fine art mm-hmm. and they've had decoupage classes for craft, kind of crafting. So there's mm-hmm. a huge variety. It's up to you to decide what you're gonna teach. Also, you do have to coordinate with them a little bit for their materials. So I know that they have tons of acrylics Mm-hmm. If you're oil painting, you might need to have them purchase some oil painting stuff first. It wouldn't be the veterans buying the oils. It would be the league. Mm. They buy okay. the materials for the veterans.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's all right. Maybe we could maybe that's something we could talk about at some point. to uh, would well, depend I, if they're interested yeah. in it or not.
0: I'm I'm gonna bet they would be. I I would direct you to talk to the league. But again, I have done that veterans program a few times and it's mm-hmm. been definitely been fun. And some of those veterans are very accomplished artists in their own, right? John, tell us a little bit about your, what you're doing as far as teaching.
1: So whether it's in person or via Zoom or twitch.tv, I'm enjoying doing some regular classes and demonstrations and just some small things too, where I visited a middle school where my sister-in-law was teaching and I was guest artist in residence uh, for the day. And I took on a persona for it. This was out in a small town in West Texas. And so I had my cowboy hat and <laughs> I had an artist mock, but it was navy blue. And I really let my Texas accent come back and we had a ball. And I had never seen such attentive, uh, interested children because this was new and this was interesting. And it was, it was a lot of fun. So I would like to do that more regularly via YouTube or via some other online platform, as well as teaching some in person as pandemic and safety allow. I had applied to be a volunteer in the Veterans Administration here in Tucson. The day I was supposed to go to orientation last year on on March 11th was when everything shut down because of COVID. I'm interested in art therapy and in assisting a therapist with the veterans and all that are uh, finding this as a viable means of healing. So I'd like to see if maybe there's an online or a Zoom opportunity with the Tucson Veterans Administration.
0: So you have something ongoing right now. You're teaching via Twitch regularly, right?
1: I am teaching via Twitch regularly. Uh, I'm trying to reach various audiences. Casey, talked about connecting to clients or connecting to various people that may enjoy or even become patrons and, and purchase some of our art. But the individuals that are comfortable with Facebook or comfortable with Instagram may not know what Twitch is, and they may be uncomfortable, may not understand. And so if we have these venues via Zoom, via Facebook live via Instagram. That's all great, but you can find perhaps a completely different clientele and a lot of creatives on Twitch. I'm excited to reach out to people that are artists, musicians, gamers, people that follow or enjoy sports that you can find on twitch.tv and mine is twitch.tv forward slash John Gates art. And then also explore these other platforms and reach, various clientele that I would never have seen. They would not, their paths would not overlap.
0: Can you describe what Twitch is to people who haven't heard of it before?
1: Not very well, but uh, <laughs> Twitch is a online platform owned by Amazon and they purchased it, I think in 2015, somebody else had had created it as a um, um, a competitor to, would you say, Instagram, YouTube, Some online an online venue where you can have live streams. And if for Twitch.
0: Twitch uh, is key thing. That's the key thing. Twitch is a live stream. And even if you want to save your your recordings, you don't you don't get a saving for long. It is a live streaming platform. Uh
1: you can monetize if you are on it long enough and successfully enough and have enough viewers and followers, then you can sell some subscriptions. It's an opportunity, but what I enjoy from it most is the learning experience that I'm having by becoming more comfortable with this technology, comfortable with the community and doing some things as you have taught me. And it's, it's a, it's kind of a fun community.
0: Absolutely. I want to uh, talk about the future shows, both of you and I am in just to make sure that we highlight and tell people where they are. So the first one again is the auction for the Desert Land Trust. Casey, do you wanna talk about that one a little bit?
2: Sure, I participated in that for the last several years. Desert Foothills Land Trust Organization is a group that uh, works at obtaining funding for and maintenance of uh, the wild lands around our area here in the Sonoran Desert. So they have a number of lands that they've purchased over the years and their goal is to keep buying land to keep it safe from development and um, to keep it out of the hands of not just corporate developers, but also the BLM, which hasn't always had a sterling track record when it comes to land management. Um, We could probably spend another couple hours talking about that sort of thing. But uh, for now, let's just say that that's their goal. And I think it's a really worthy one. So I'm always happy to uh, participate in those shows and uh, donate a portion of the resulting funds to them. So they have a show coming up this year. It's going to be virtual. They have a lot of people participating. Um, So that's going to be a good one. It can be found on my website under my uh, events page. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that I think
0: all three of us are in is Project Wet. So John, can you tell us about Project Wet?
1: April is Water Awareness Month. Casey has mentioned concerns about the Salt River That's one of my big concerns for Arizona and the increasing population. There are just a number of concerns surrounding water. So I think Project Wet, as I understand, is an art uh, exhibit that has to do with water and raising awareness and environmentalism and concern and connection, and reconnection with the earth, as as Casey has mentioned. So that's a very exciting thing to be a, a part of.
0: Right. And both of these are coming up this at the end of this month so mm-hmm. all of those links will be in the show notes so we don't have to you know post it but talk about the links right now but i want to ask casey where can people find you
2: where can they find your work uh just google my name casey Chevront. it's c-h-e-u-v as in victor r-o-n-t and i'm on facebook i'm on linkedin i'm on instagram i have a nice little website where i Maintain a list of current events and upcoming workshops i don 't have any workshops on the books right now. I had been teaching the last three months locally around the area, doing demos for the local art leagues and groups where i live i 'm a little picky these days um, on where I go because of covid and so forth you know protocols of and when I teach, I generally teach in oils most of the time, and I tend to pull in. People who are artists and who are not necessarily first-timers, oh, I have plenty of beginners, but generally the people that I teach skew sometimes a little more towards the advanced side. I taught beginners for many years through Vino and Canvas, and I love teaching beginners because it makes me walk away with a feeling like I've just opened a door and kind of pushed them down the rabbit hole. There are a number of other shows that I'm in coming up later in the year. and Hidden in the Hills is one. I don't know if Kirby, you or John are joining that this
0: year. I'm not, John. Are you going to be in Hidden in the Hills this year? No in the hills of course again
2: is a studio tour up in cape creek and it's a very popular it's a it's a big fat show it is two two three-day weekends and it is the weekend it's either the weekend before the weekend after and the weekend of thanksgiving and i'd have to check the schedule to remember for sure which one of those it is but it's friday saturday sunday and there are usually somewhere between 40 and 50 plus studios participating Uh, each studio usually has anywhere from one to five artists so you can have as many as five people in a single studio Uh, i'm going to be with nancy bryman who's also the person who's responsible for the auction for desert foothills land trust organization so uh, she asked if i would join her this year and i'm happy nancy's a friend i'm happy to do that Uh, we get along well she's a real go-getter and she's a she's a darn fine artist in her own right Um, so there's going to be nancy myself and Rose Belage, and then one other artist whose name is skate Sneaks, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, who is a glass artist. And I know her work is beautiful. But if you look on my website, you'll see it there. Prior to that, I'll be up in Prescott for three days at the end of October. Is there an event that you're going up to visit them for? Or is it just- uh Yeah. It, so the Highlands Nature Center, they started last year the first Prescott Plein Air Festival. And Plein Air just means in the open air. It's French for en plein air. So um, <laughs> so it just means painting outside. And what they do is they have a bunch of artists that, that they collect and they send us out into the wilds of Fresca and they tell people where we're going to be. And so people can come up and go to where you're going to be. And it's all online. So you know where to go and find you and watch you paint and have a conversation. And uh, at the end of the event, there is a day where they will have uh, a sale and a show and it's at a beautiful location. If you're in Prescott and you haven't been to the Highlands Nature Center, my goodness, do yourself a favor and go. Uh, Not only is it a little gem, it's right by Costco. So, you know, next time you go to the big box store, (laughs) take a little extra time and pop into the Nature Center, check it out. The people are terrific. There are little trails where you can walk around at little educational things and take the kids. So I'll be doing Prescott and then turning in all of my work, my husband will be manning my booth for me at the reception. And then that day I will be up in Sedona doing orientation and doing a Main Street paint out on Main Street in Sedona. And that goes on, I think for the next five to seven days. And there will be a reception at the end of that time. And, you know, Lord willing in the creek, don't rise knock on wood, this will all be live and in person. Now, after that, um, somewhere in between the planar shows and the Hidden in Hill show, There's another show called The Mountain Oyster Annual Art Show and Sale. This has been going on for over 50 years. John, this is in your neck of the woods. It's in Tucson. And then you and I could go out plein air painting together. You'll have your plein air chops by that time. That is a huge show. It is one of the biggest Western art shows in this half of the country. It's, It's hard to get into. I have been blessed. I've gotten into it for the last couple of years. I hope and pray that I will get something worthy out of my painting this summer to submit for them so that I get into it again this year. Because, again, I think this year it will be live. They put on a fantastic dinner. They have a gorgeous reception. John, you should check out the building. It's the Mountain Oyster Club. And just even the buildings themselves to just go down there and paint the buildings and paint the environments, that would be a, that would be a worthy afternoon of painting in and of itself. And you should hook up with the Barrio painters down there. You and I need to talk. <laughs>
1: and, uh, taking
0: notes. This is the kind of podcast where the attendees take notes. <laughs> so John, what do you have coming up?
1: Not quite a robust schedule as Casey's, but I'm selling cards, prints, and originals from my website. I have commissions I'm working on. I want to go out to Yosemite to observe before going out to paint. I'm going to look into some of these other opportunities.
0: I know you're in a few galleries and you're in the neck of the woods.
1: I'm in the gallery at uh, Art House Centro downtown in our artisan's alley, artisan's area. They've kind of struggled because of the pandemic, but I believe they're about to take off again. And I have some cards that are at the Presidio in Tucson. I'd like to get some more uh, work there and some originals there. I may be able to get into a local restaurant. It's got a cool name, so I'm hoping that that works out. And some other things like that, maybe some of the wineries in Sonoida. I'm hoping, especially as we progress toward being open again, I found that to my relief and happiness that uh, Arizona has some good wineries. Mm-hmm. And I tend to paint landscapes, but when I do paint a still life, there's usually grapes and a glass and a bottle of wine in it.
2: <laughs> John, we are going to get along so well.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: I knew that.
0: <laughs> where can people find you right now as far as websites? We know your Twitch, but where else are you available online?
1: Look up John Gates Art, and it should come up. Uh, it's a common name, and there are John is doing other things, but if you put art with it, It looks mostly me, so johngatesart.com, johngatesart on Instagram, Facebook, Hive. This is all such a great learning experience and an enhancement to my life. We're not just creating art, we're creating community and we're creating learning opportunities and we're creating more creatives and helping people find their way to creating their own art and enjoying it that way.
0: You both share an interest in non-fungible tokens, and, and that's something we'd like to come back and, and talk with you both about uh, in the future. But uh, John, can you can you talk a little
1: bit about that? I'm trying to wrap my head around it. If I understand correctly, non-fungible tokens are a way of utilizing encryption that computers have to work very hard on algorithms to create in order to establish, in this case, ownership of a piece of art. But to get there and to crunch those numbers and to work through those algorithms, it takes an enormous amount of computing power. Much of this power is generated by cold-fired power plants in China or someplace where it's not just using up energy and resources that could be utilized for lighting homes or um, lighting a business or, or some other place, But it's creating pollution while it does this. But the virtue of it is that you can have a very clear uh, line of ownership because of the encryption associated with this piece of work. Uh, Establishing ownership of artwork is so critical, especially as we work more and more online to produce our work, to promote our work, to sell our work, to move it around and exchange it. There's a lot of theft going on. The virtue of NFTs is saying that piece belongs to me. And when I sell it, I see who it was sold to, who they sold it to, and so forth. It's a fascinating area. I'm interested in it.
2: I actually found something in a book I'm reading currently called The Ministry for the Future. Let me read you this paragraph here. I am a secret so everyone can know me. First, you must count every part of me, then translate those parts into signs that do not describe me. Together we are shackled, and with the sign that does not describe me, you can open me up and read me as I am. People will give you their promises for me, and if wrongdoers try to take me away from you, you can find me and tell the world where I am hidden. I began as a silent speaking, a key to open every door. Now that I have opened all the front doors, I am the key that locks the back doors by which wrongdoers try to escape the scene of the crime. I am the nothing that makes everything happen. You don't know me. You don't understand me, yet still, if you want justice, I will help you to find it. I am blockchain. I am encryption. I am code. Now put me to use. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought of you totally, Kirby, when I read this. I was like, oh my God, I've got to read this to her. It just, it really, I thought it was beautiful um we don't think about this but you know money has no real value it's just the thing that we have all agreed on to say it's worth something and it's a symbol and the whole nft thing is it's the same thing we're going to do a whole podcast just on nft Mm. after
0: we run through some artists setting them up and i know that you were one of the people who were interested in possibly setting them up we can do it in, in a way that's going to be a little bit more responsible. We'll talk about when it comes to it,
2: but you, you are interested in why are you interested in doing an too? Well, first, because I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, you know, want geek, I guess I could say, and because it's a shiny object and I like the birds. I love so much. I'm intrigued by shiny. Oh, what's that? Can we do that? <laughs> you know, what's, that what's that for? Let's go do that. Um, so that's, that's part of it. Um, Also, because I believe in lifetime learning, and I think it's a fascinating idea. It's a fascinating process, the idea that you can attach something to something that is yours, you know, and create permanent provenance for work. Um, That's that's a big deal. With my psychology background, I'm fascinated also by the psychological implications, just the, the flat idea that somebody would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) million <laughs> for an NFT mm-hmm. of a tweet. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I think that the tweet went for two point nine million. Dear God, mm-hmm. you know, it just it it boggles the mind. It really does. I do find the environmental implications a little bit staggering. My feeling is, if people weren't doing this, they'd be doing something else. You know, they'd they'd be buying. I don't know garage fulls of Maseratis, you know, like Jay Leno, sorry, Jay, (laughs) what have you, people with lots and lots of money, they're going to find crazy ways to spend it because they don't have anything else to do with their time.
0: I actually was just on a podcast that hasn't come out yet, but it's about fraud and NFTs and Mm. how people can actually use NFTs as potentially a way to spend money without spending money necessarily, either they're laundering it or they're just avoiding taxes. So sometimes you see that big chunk of money going through that, especially, you know, it's the news, that sort of thing. It may not yep. be just because they feel like they want yeah. to, but yeah. anyway, that is another topic. And I will, as soon as that podcast comes out, I will make sure that everybody in my whole network knows, Hey, here's my NFT. Okay. God podcast. <laughs> anyway, we are going to wrap up today and i want to say, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, John. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Thank Kyle, you. For all of this so much fun. And- Yes, and and we're gonna do another one on NFTs. I'm gonna get a group of artists together who want to do NFTs. We're gonna take a look at the offset so that we can do it, you know, responsibly. But after we run through and we get some experiences, we're gonna have a big roundtable of people, and you're definitely invited back if you if you decide you want to be in that. Well, I can't wait to
2: see you in person. I'm looking forward to giving you a great big hug.
1: This will be fun. I look. I want to see the ravens. I want to paint with you and Kirby Kyle. Thank you for this opportunity.
2: Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you, right. Kate. See you
0: guys later. Happy night. Have hour. a great evening. All right. Bye. Bye. See you later. I
1: think we better learn sometime. Now we're walking through the courtyard. And leaves roll over our shoestrings So we speak of family and love. The only truth is.